Hi, my name is Tyler Mowry, and welcome to the Writer's Mind Podcast, episode 51. All right, welcome to another episode of the podcast. If you want to listen to episode 52 and all of the even episodes, then you can find them on the Patreon at patreon.com slash the writer's mind. So today, what I want to talk about is a book I've been reading. Uh, This book is called Fooled by Randomness by Nassim Taleb. Um, I've talked, I'm pretty sure I've talked about Nassim Taleb before on this um, podcast. Uh, he also wrote this book right here, which is called Anti-Fragile, um, which is about um, the things that uh, increase in strength by chaos and by disorder and this sort of thing. And Fooled by Randomness, uh, I've been reading this book and it is absolutely fantastic. Very, very interesting. Um, and what he is really talking about in it. Um, also, Nassim Taleb was a, or I don't know if he still does, but he is a trader, um, and he talks a lot about the markets in this, like different different markets, and he also talks about um, just how that plays in, how un, his understanding of the markets and his understanding of randomness then plays into the other areas of life. And so... Uh, one of the big things he starts off talking about in this book is that what we do as people, right, is that we build a mental construction of our world, and within this mental construction, theme things follow a sequence of order way more than they actually do in reality. So because we have such limited minds, what we like to do is we like to create, oh, okay, this event happened because of this and that happened because of that. And we sort of walk our minds down the logical cause and effect pathway that we understand. When in reality, what actually happened or how things actually work can be way more complicated and way more random. One of the biggest things that he talks about in this just from the start is about how people attribute their success to specific things like, you know, their hard work, their intelligence, their decision making, all of these sorts of things. And one of the things that he says is that people get lucky a lot more than they realize and then they turn around and say, oh, this thing that happened was because I was doing this, 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 and this, and they don't actually realize that they're a lucky fool and not somebody that actually knew what they were doing. So within this book, um, let me find the prologue here. Um, Let's see. Um, one moment I should have. Yeah. Okay. So in the prologue, he starts out and he talks about lucky fools. And, um, this is actually something that I've been thinking about in my, my own life because, um, well, I'll talk about it in a minute, but one of the things he starts off by saying is that this book is about luck disguised and perceived as non-luck, that is skills, and more generally, randomness disguised and perceived as non-randomness, that is determinism. And then he says that it manifests itself in the shape of the lucky fool, defined as a person who benefited from a disproportionate share of luck, but attributes his success to some other generally very precise reason. 
And so one of the things that I was thinking about is how I feel like this is something that's happened in my life. And um, one of the things that he talks about is like trying to, to um, you know, look back and, and reframe like what happened and why things happened um, after they happen. And he talks about um, scientists who um, believe that experiments or believe that studies and this sorts of things like they operated at this certain causal change or chain when in reality they didn't. And then he looks at um, people who are in different markets and he talks about people believe that they call markets correctly, that they have an intelligent understanding of, of what's happening in a market. And then what actually happens is they don't know what they're doing and they're just getting lucky. They were in the right place at the right time. And so for me, I think that that's something that happened to me very recently. So um, I don't know if you guys, how close you in particular follow me and what I'm doing, but one of the things I've done is tweet a lot about Bitcoin and I'm really into and interested in Bitcoin and I have one of the Bitcoin standard books right there. And um, I was thinking about more recently how if you are following crypto markets whatsoever, there was a huge blow off top bitcoin hit $64,000 all the way up from about 8,000 which it was in the end of 2020 or about that point and had this crazy blow up right and for me um I was in in bitcoin I found bitcoin in 2019 and I was learning about it and learning about it and I started, you know, buying some and this sort of thing. And then we had this this crazy run up, right? And this is somebody that I am somebody that's never really invested heavily. So like before 2019, 2020, I did not have a stock portfolio. Um, it wasn't, you know, I've I've been writing and learning about writing and building a YouTube channel. I haven't really been doing that. But what I found and one of the things that um, I've been thinking about is how I want to build a production company. I want to, um, you know, allocate capital so that um, I can actually have real say and real control in films that get made. And so that's one of the things that I'm also working on as I'm, you know, writing. And so I, I saw this as a potential method of increasing my capital. And so, like, it worked. I mean, you know, I I bought in and it ran up. It ran up, and I didn't sell when it was at 60,000 and I wrote and it recently it's fallen all the way down to 29,000 and then actually at the as I'm recording this podcast it's kind of back up at like 40 or something. Um, but what happened was when this when we came down I was just thinking about in hindsight how obvious it was that that was a top right? Like indicators sort of, you know, uh, stock indicators and this sort of thing, trading indicators were showing that we were at a crazy top. And then even culturally, like everybody and their mom was talking about Bitcoin and cryptocurrency and NFTs and all this stuff, right? We have rappers releasing NFT albums and it's like, of course, this is the top, but I didn't see it, right? Why did I not see it? Well, it was because that I was just somebody who got lucky and found this thing, at the right time in 2019 
and it went up and I had no idea what I was doing whatsoever. And so as markets move and you know, bubbles are created and there's just the, the insanity of a market. I just missed all the indicators that it was the time to sell and, you know, sort of just watched uh, a lot of my gains disappear. And after that, it really made me go, okay, hold on. Like, what's going on? I really don't know what I'm doing. Why did I miss this? Right. And for a little bit, um, especially kind of in May and June, I was really frustrated about this. Um, and then more recently, and kind of reading the, in this book, it's really interesting you know, to see what Nassim Taleb is talking about here in the sense of people getting lucky in markets and then just believing that they had some sort of skill, right? When Bitcoin and all these cryptocurrencies are just blowing off, like everybody is making money. It's like you put money in something and it it goes up. Everybody's making money. Everybody's happy. Everybody's crushing it, right? Then when it turns down, you know, now people start losing money. And I think, you know, you start trying to wise up when you know, there's no reason to learn when things are going well, right? You only learn when things are going poorly. And so I was really thinking about that. And I really think that like, I really fit into Nassim Taleb's archetype of the lucky fool, where I was somebody who Somebody told me about something at the right time and I got in at the right time and it went up and I didn't know when to sell because I wasn't, um, I was not being rational and I wasn't taking the time to actually educate myself. I was just riding the wave of a cult, right? And so I think that in a world where it kind of just keeps going up to this day, then I'm still in this sort of I would I would still be in this fairy fairy tale land where, you know, it, it's going to go up forever. There's no reason to sell, you know, um, and we're going to go to a million, right? And one of the things that he's talking about in regards to markets and and randomness and trading is he's talking about minimizing risk and increasing certainty and the different ways that you do that. And he's saying like, you don't want to be a lucky fool. You want to be somebody that can actually increase the certainty of the fact that they will be right on something and minimize um, the randomness uh, and the uncertainty that can come with whatever you're doing. And so then he gets into, you know, probable an understanding of the world in a probabilistic way, which um, is, is where things can get interesting, where he's talking about um, if you play Russian roulette for $10 million, this is one of the examples that he uses, and you win, then did you actually make the right choice to play? Because you won and you got the money, but that does not necessarily mean that that was the correct choice to that was the correct thing to do. You just got lucky and it worked out in your favor. And talking about like, that is a very clear cut understanding of like, okay, we have a very clear understanding of what is the risk? What is the probability that this doesn't work out in my favor? But then when you come into life and you come into markets or you come into the job world, building a career, this sort of thing, the variables are a lot harder to pin down which with such clarity because we live in a very complex world. And so he's talking about, uh, but one of the things he said is like, there is an actual difference 
in success through actual skills building and measurable kind of certainty rather than success built off of luck and randomness. And the reason that he says this is because the person that you are is extremely valuable and actually impacts how you handle success and how you actually operate as a person. And one of the things he talks about, um, let me see if I can pull this up. I think this was back in chapter two. Um, Let me see. Um, He talks about some of the... um, Yeah, he talks about some of the... um, of the people in uh, great stories like the Iliad. And he's talking about how it's not necessarily about whether you win or lose as much as it is the character that you have and the way that you play the game. And he's talking about that understanding that somebody can be like an honorable hero looking at, you know, these old sort of Greek stories, um, looking at somebody as an honorable hero, they can be an honorable honorable hero whether or not they win or lose and that comes down to the character traits that they are using to play the game right they're not lucky fools they are people that are trying to uh, increase their uncertainty and have a have a have honorability be honorable in this sort of thing i thought it was a really interesting idea and i feel like this really applies to screenwriting as well, right? Because I think what happens in Los Angeles is that there's a lot of screenwriters that are lucky fools where they don't really know why they became successful. They just became successful. So they people, they came to LA and um, they started networking and eventually somebody looked at their script and read it and they had an idea that was cool enough and they brought some other person to rewrite some elements of it to make it work and suddenly boom they got a paycheck they're a screenwriter now um and you know they can continue forward and so what that is is they got lucky they met the right person and things worked out for them ideally we don't want to be doing that right like ideally what we want to do is increase the certainty of our own success how do we do that well we do it pretty simply, right? Because ideally, we have to think about, okay, what are the factors that we, what are the things that we can control and how do we optimize for a higher level of certainty in our own success based upon the things that we actually can control and an understanding that things do happen randomly, we do get lucky and there just is a consistent element of randomness in the system. Well, the biggest thing that we can do is write well, right? Like, If you write five awesome, actually objectively great screenplays, you are minimizing your uncertainty, right? You are maximizing your ability to get something sold and minimizing the necessity for the right connection or the right agent to read it and this sort of thing. And so ideally what we do is we can anchor our own success on thing on the things that we can control and then elements that are random or are you know situational we can take higher advantage of them when they come and so i think that what happens is people focus so heavily on 
trying to find, you know, the person that is going to read their story and help them and make them into a screenwriter when they just need to be writing better. And then once they have something that's genuinely great, then suddenly it's a lot easier to move into the industry. It's a lot easier to get noticed at festivals or, you know, get high rankings on the blacklist or create a short film that wins a major festival uh, that you can then shop a feature through. Like all of that becomes a lot easier if you actually have done the work on your end to create something strong. Um, I've always thought it was cool kind of what Nick Pizzolatto did, the writer of True Detective, where he was a professor for a long time. And then when he was kind of ready to bring his stories to Hollywood, he did and was pretty quickly successful. Why? Because he spent a really long time actually honing his craft and making sure that his stories worked. And so, um, this one is kind of all over the place here. Uh, this, this podcast, but like the idea of finding ways to minimize risk and increase certainty, I think is a really valuable way to, to think about things. And I think that looking at myself and, and trying to figure out, okay, I have these larger goals, both in screenwriting and also in on the production side, right? I want to uh, build a production company. So how do I begin to increase the certainty of those things rather than simply kind of betting and hoping my way through. And so I think that something like Bitcoin was a gamble that paid off fairly well. Um, and that's you know a great thing to have happen. And maybe, you know, everybody thinks that we're continuing, we're still going to go up and maybe we do. Um, maybe we don't. But having your bets placed on the irrationality and randomness of other people and what they do is not the best long-term solution. And I think it's important. One of the things that I've learned right now is like how much you can not know about things and reminding yourself that just because you instantly do well at something doesn't mean you actually know what you're doing. And it's easy for us to look back and track success and say, oh, because of this intelligent strategy that I used or this particular skill set that I used, I ended up getting this result where it may not actually be that way. Now, on the flip side of that, skills and strategy do matter. And that is what you are optimizing for by bringing your uncertainty level down and becoming more certain about how you're going to become successful. But it's where it gets muddy is believing you actually have skills that you don't actually have and then getting lucky. Because when you believe that you don't when you believe that your success is based on skills that you think you have and you don't actually have, then you end up in a bad situation. You end up, you know, losing a ton of your gains because you're not you're a lucky fool. And that's what I was doing. So I hope that's helpful for you. I think this is, but um, the, um, the next podcast, uh, podcast 52, which is available on the Patreon is also about this book. Um, cause there's a lot of stuff that I, I didn't cover in this episode that he talks about. And I think is really interesting. Um, but I think that the idea of really having a, a an understanding that the world 
really exist outside of our own minds and that like what we want to do is we want to we want to be able to construct our own reality and i think a lot of that is by constructing your own mentality but there's the also there's also the element of understanding that the world is more complex than you realize and having an element of certainty that is too high can come back to bite you and make you not look at what your potential blind spots are more objectively and so you know that's the big thing about growth which is that we are always, if you are growing, you are trying to find what isn't working. What are the blind spots? Where are you lacking? Where do you believe that you are correct about something and you aren't, right? And that's the biggest issue. Usually your biggest blind spots are not something that you don't know, but they are something that you think you know that you actually are wrong about. And that I think is where I was, where I really thought I knew what I was doing, and I didn't. And that is what you know ends up biting you. So uh, hopefully that's helpful. If you want to listen to Podcast 52 uh, and listen to me talk more about this book, you can, you know, links below. Uh, and I'll see you guys next week.